Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Recorded live. Bo? Bo? Helaman 789. You have to read Helaman 7, 8, and 9. Okay. Hello. Hi, Andrew. Hey, Kelly. Hi. How, How are you? Good, good. I'm good. How was the trip to uh, St. George? Oh, it was good, man. We, uh, um, what did we do? We, uh, it was pretty quick, you know. Didn't have a lot of yeah. time, but I read that. My dad, my dad, my mom, and Jessica and I, we read that writing by Joel. Oh, good. Yeah. So that 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 was really good. We 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 didn't read the whole thing actually because we were just talking about it. But good. but yeah, that that's uh, that thing was way good. I mean, that totally. Yeah. I mean, Dad was very very interested because he like I've showed them a hundred times the church under condemnation scripture. Right. Right. But you know, this time it kind of made him read it specifically, you know, and so it was really good. I mean, the whole gays and scouts thing has got my dad like 
pretty shook up. Good. That's really so, good. And he's like one that like donates. He would give all his money to the church, you know. Yeah, wow. And he, and he stopped. And he wrote, as far as the scouting thing, he stopped giving. You know, he probably gave 100 bucks a month, I bet. And wow. stopped giving, wrote them a letter, and he says, I got no, no response at all. So it was really good. And that article by Joel, he likes, and he likes Skousen, you know. Good, yeah, because Skousen talks about the condemnation of the church, too. Yeah, yeah. So hey, welcome from Utah. Hi, uh, uh, Mark and Carolee. Mark and Carolee, so glad to have you on. Two weeks in a row. Welcome. Oh, yeah, thanks. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I forgot to tell you guys um, last time that it is recorded. Is that all right with you? Oh, uh, I, I guess so. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, we don't need you. Don't need to give them your last name or anything. Yeah. Uh, we. This was yeah. This was just some guys on, and we're trying to draw the 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 people that need to be on the call, and it's kind of hard because. You open yourself up to people, but we don't advertise. And so we sort of hope that it's kind of uh, silent, but that people like you come on. You know, the people that we invite come on. And so our our emails are limited just to a few people and that sort of thing. So we don't get people on that should not be on. Can you, can you check to see how many people have listened? Yeah, well... Uh, like I know my maybe. wife. Has, my wife has listened before. Oh, good. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, I, I I'll, I'll look. I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. But I'll check. That would be really good. You know, we could, if uh, if we put a link like from our website, we could do that. But I just hadn't thought of it before. It'd be really good to know how many people's listened. I mean, I can't imagine it's a lot, but because I mean, I even tried to listen to one and just search it on the internet, and I couldn't find it. Oh, you know, good. it's so it's so just difficult to find. I know that. Good. For those who want to be more anonymous, but yeah, don't give your name out. That's for sure. Yeah. My name. My name's not Andrew Bradley either. So. Your name's not Andrew Bradley. That's just what you tell no, people. That's <laughs> right. It's just what I put on my license. <laughs> <laughs> my unlawful license. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my corporate. My that's my that's my straw man. My corporate fiction is Andrew Bradley. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, hey, Mark and Carol Lee, right? Mark and Carol Lee. Oh yeah, and uh, we almost weren't able to call because we're we're uh, kind of uh, uh, like a there's like an ox start, sort of stuck in the mire. We're working right now, and we um, but we so we we can't talk much, but we wanted to listen at least. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. Uh, this gotcha. this time. Yeah, and, just uh, listen. Well, yeah. Don't mind if we go off on rants and stuff, but yeah, oh, no. feel free to jump in. Okay, cool. but yeah, if we're not as ch- chatty, yeah. it's because we're we're working right now. We we we, we have a problem right now. Um, okay, no problem. Got it. That limit limits us somewhat tonight. Gotcha. 
Got it. Yep. Okay. Glad to be here. Is is Brandon on? No, not yet. Can I? Should we text him? I don't know. I I don't know if he's uh he always forgets the time I think or he works. I don't know. Last week I was working, so I'm not sure. I'll text him. Yeah, that's right. He may just be. He may just forget. Yeah, he may. I'll text him. All right. Yeah. We are Brandon. Yeah, he uh, he adds a lot. Brandon does. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, he's, he's yeah really, he's, he has some good questions and insights. Yeah, it brings out some really good points and things. Uh, but. Sure does. Yeah, I really think he does too. And he's and he's easy, he is easy to talk to, even if yeah you agree or you know. Yeah. Yes. Yep. E- easy going, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the things we talk about, it's uh, ask and you shall receive, you know, seek and you shall find, and knock and it shall be opened unto you. And uh, it's just a matter of persistently doing that, where insight is given and like like people like your dad Andrew I I hope that he totally comes in and prays about it and seeks and asks and and all of that because there there is so many people that just don't do that you know they 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 take it in a little bit at a time and they're sort of convinced, but the the distractions come in the way and the busyness of their life, and they just don't, like, pledge. You know, like the scriptures say, uh, give your whole soul to him, just everything. Yeah. And it's, it's just not a lot of people do that. They pledge their whole soul where they, look, you know, everything is yours, and and I, I'm not interested in anything other than these things, uh, the doctrine of Christ, and being a part of of these things, of the yeah, the agenda of the Lord. Yeah, you know, my mom, she's she said she. My, I would say that most likely, and I'm just making a fair judgment. I don't, I don't 100 percent know, but I would say most likely. That my mom is a Gentile, like for like a really a Gentile, right? Blood, like she's a Gentile, and my dad is definitely Israel. And oh, really? The, yeah. Huh. And with those two, because like it's, you can you can tell the difference. My dad really does care about the truth, and he cares about the truth so much that he, he he's not necessarily a warrior, but he is not. He is not afraid. When I call him out or I call him out on things the church is doing, he is not one to make excuses. You know what I mean? He is there and he'll say, yes, that's a problem or this is a problem. And 
he told me he got up in church last week and said, I stand with Joseph. And, you know. Yeah. So, you know, things like that. Whereas with my mom, she says, oh, I don't think I'm going. So I was like, Mom, you're going to the social kingdom, right? Oh, no. Who knows? You know, she doesn't care. Yeah. She likes likes, likes the culture, which it's really interesting. If you met them, Jessica could tell you that you could see one that she's, she cares about material things and then the other my dad doesn't. And it's a total dynamic of this Gentile and Israel. Got They got that going on. Yeah. But I think that's what, like you said, that that's the difference, that you got to give your whole soul to the Lord and the truth, whatever it is, you know. Like my, mm-hmm. my, dad, my dad had this good insight that he told me. Um, he said that um, it doesn't matter what I think it matters what I think God thinks. You know, mm. it doesn't. You know, it doesn't matter what He thinks. It matters what right. God thinks, basically. Right. Which is, uh, which yeah. I think pretty the whole point. Yeah. That's pretty much it. I mean, it's simple. It's yeah. simplistic, but well, that thing where you said I stand with Joseph in church. You know that. Joseph would not have, he would not have given blacks the priesthood. Yeah, he would not have uh, uh, broken a lot, you know, all of, a lot. Yeah. Of, he wouldn't have done it. He wouldn't have done all these things, and he would not have succumbed to the world so quickly and easily. Maybe he would no. have, I don't, but he doesn't seem like he would have. I mean, if he, he could have, and they wouldn't have killed him. So, I mean, he didn't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, now it's just, uh, we were reading yesterday, and, and it says costly apparel, and and I, I hit the pause button, I said, you guys, have you ever seen Thomas S. Monson in anything other than a suit, and probably a $1,000 suit, you know? Hey, and, yeah. and it's like, you know, they, they wear the costliest apparel there is. But Jesus didn't. The prophets didn't. I read uh, the yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. So, anyway, this may be all there is today. Uh, the three of us, Andrew, could you give us an opening prayer and we can just yeah. kind of start off? Thanks. Cool. Our Father in Heaven, we are so grateful for thy blessings and thy truth, and we ask thee to bring thy spirit into our phone call and we, we invite the Holy Ghost in to teach us so that we cannot be blinded by the precepts of men. And please, uh, we ask thee to protect our families and we ask thee to bless the, thy people, the remnant of the seed of Lehi, bless them that they may awaken and that they can take the blinders off and we ask you that we can be charitable. And we are so grateful for this beautiful earth to live in in our mortal state. We we thank thee for that grace. And we know we are not worthy of it, but we do accept it with open arms. And we we pray for all those who are 
struggling to make ends meet and get food. And we, we, we ask thee to be with them and comfort them, especially those who are imprisoned unjustly by this tyrannical government. Be with them and we ask thee to hasten their knowledge. And we say these things in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Andrew. Amen. Amen. All right. Hey, I was, uh, yesterday and today I read the book of Matthew, and I noticed I noticed something uh, before I, that I just kind of want to relay before I read this first scripture here, and that's in DNC 85. But there was, uh, and you, you know how you pick up little things or big things all the time when you reread the scriptures. But in Matthew, there was there was a couple of people that came up to Christ and said, Christ, I will follow you. And uh, first let me go bury the, my dead. And he's like, let the dead bury the dead. And And then he left. And then the rich man, you know, I'll follow you and give away all your things and come follow me then. And he couldn't do it. And in in uh, the scriptures, everyone that wanted to come follow him, he sort of turned away. They said, look, I'll follow you. And he sort of said something and they left. But then Christ would call people himself and say, come follow me. And then those were his apostles, the, the ones that left everything and then followed him. And I, I think it's that way with us, too. I, I think that we we try to live our lives the best and prepare ourselves for a calling. And, and we don't know what that's going to be, necessarily. I, I really like the, the one I have a I have this this wonderful Matthew, Mark, Luke, John that's done by the LunaProject.com, and it's word for word of the King James version of the Scriptures, and then it portrays. And when he went up to uh, one of the apostles, Simon, I believe, he was there with money because he was a tax collector, and he said, "Follow me," and he just there's a whole bunch of money on the table. And he just stands up and leaves it all and goes and follows Christ. And uh, you'd think, you know, if today, if there was some guy walking around saying to certain people, hey, you know, follow me, they would think he's crazy. And But these people had the insight to recognize the Spirit because they've prepared themselves for that moment where Christ called them. It wasn't the zealous, well, I'll, I'll do it. I want to follow you. You know, it was, it was Christ calling them where uh, they were his apostles and they were the ones that stuck it out clear to the end to their own death, really. And, and so I, I guess the message of that is that I want to get across is that, uh, we 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 need to prepare ourselves for something and we don't know what it's going to be and and we don't need to zealously go firing off 
finding it necessarily, but but I do believe we need to prepare ourselves for for uh, the one mighty and strong to call us, basically. And if he has called us, then we need to react to that calling. Whatever he says, if he says, call me, you know, we need to call him. I think when we, if he says whatever, then we just need to be prompt. And I, I'm here in DNC 85, verse 7. And I know this is not old, not an old scripture to us, but but I just want to read it anyway. He says, and it shall come to pass that I, the Lord, now this is Joseph Smith that's writing the revelation. He says, and it shall come to pass that I, the Lord, will send one mighty and strong, holding the scepters of power in his hand, clothed with light for a covering, whose mouth shall utter words, eternal words, while his bowels shall be a fountain of truth, to set in order the house of God, which is the house of Israel to set in order the house of God and to arrange by lot the inheritances of the saints whose names are found and the names of their fathers and of their children enrolled in the book of the law of God. Now, just to stop and kind of analyze that verse, you know, I, I, uh, I would talk to my dad. Your dad's more open than mine, Andrew. I would talk to my dad and it, it's amazing the baby they throw out with the bathwater on many levels, on many scriptures. And I could quote some others where, where he's done this, and I just think, wow. But but he says, you know, many, this is what his reaction was. Well, many have claimed to be the one mighty and strong, and, you know, it's in the end, he just kind of implies it's all just crap. And, and you know, people claim to be the person or know the person and it's all deceit and you can type in one mighty and strong in google and it, there's like a wikipedia site where people that have claimed to to be the one mighty and strong but but the point i i wanted to make is is the scripture itself where we know it's not joseph smith because he's writing it the lord will send one mighty and strong and he he says this will happen it doesn't it's not really, it doesn't matter at, at, at initially who it is. The, there should be a testimony after you read this that one mighty and strong the Lord will send, because that's what he says. And it's not Joseph Smith, because Joseph Smith is writing this. And he, also Joseph Smith did not uh, set in order the house of God or arrange by lot the inheritances of the saints. Uh, and so there's there's a person out there that has this responsibility and I, and I know who that person is and uh Andrew I'll let you speak for yourself how do you feel You there Andrew Hey sorry I had it on mute Mute go ahead, go ahead Oh yeah, you're talking about the on, when he's talking about the one by and strong. Then you're talking about the choice here. There's lots of different references. It, at least that's what it seems yeah. like. That there's lots of different references, and then um, you know some people think that there's multiple choice years and things like that. And there's um, but in in the end times, I think that 
that uh, this person, this choice seer, is probably uh, somebody who is going to fulfill what Moses could not yeah. and uh, going to restore all things. The house of Israel. Um, the thing, you know, so do the thing that Enoch, as far as uh, teaching and uh, not that it was Moses' fault necessarily or any any other of the of the prophets' fault for not creating a Zion, but uh, it seems like there's this person, this choice here, and um, that that he's going to create that that Zion, that final Zion, to to join with the with the Zion that's in heaven. And it, it has to be, and in in um, in what I've found is that it's got to be somebody who would reveal the things from the Lord, and it would have to be giving revelation, true revelation, which I I've read lots of people that have revelations and things, and so the you know there is people that that do that, and I commend people that are. Bold enough, and maybe there's false prophets and things like that, but, you know, the LDS, they don't even try to do that. But right. I think that, you, you know what I mean? You're out of line if you do do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I, I totally agree that this, that, uh, that this person exists. And I, and to, to me, this person is the seed of, seat of Lehi and that's the because that's that's what the Book of Mormon is telling us and that's the Book of Mormon it was brought here for that was the purpose is for for that for their seed and, and obviously the Gentiles too but for that seed specifically to flourish and then you know all the obedience of what happens in the Book of Mormon all of our obedience is that's how we would gain greater knowledge you know that will be the only way yeah. to to get greater knowledge and to be obedient to the Book of Mormon. I think requires that you would be understanding of who the true remnant is, which is somewhat clear, but it's you yeah. know it's not it's not a hundred percent clear. You have to you know you have to dig a little bit in there. I, I think right. that the most important thing for somebody to learn is what is the times of the Gentiles compared to anything else, any other dispensation or times. But when it specifically says in the scriptures, times of the Gentiles, I think this is really important. At least it's something that I had never considered until we had been taught this by Frank. And the times of the Gentiles is um seems like an important aspect of the doctrine of Christ. Right. There's uh and there was one if you if you don't mind let me read one of the scriptures that yeah. talks that talks about the uh times of the Gentiles, especially in the in Luke twenty one. Um so this is uh Luke 21, verses, um, let's just, I'm just going to start it at number 22, 
Um, this is a prophecy. You know, there's a lot of prophesying here in, in the end of Luke. I'm going to start... Um, let me see. Oh, I kind of like this one. I'm going to start with 17. Luke 21, verse 17. Or verse verse 16. I'm going to go from there. And this is talking about the, the end times, I think. Or, or this is talking about... In my this is my interpretation. Anybody who is a true follower of Christ, it says, "And ye and ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolk and friends, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. And there shall not a hair of your head perish. In your patience possess ye your souls." In your patience possess ye your souls. And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let not them that are in the countries enter thereinto. So this is Christ talking, and... um, we know that he's talking about when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed. I mean, it seems like he's talking about in the latter the latter times because yeah. he's living in a Jerusalem that is controlled by, that's already been, you know, destroyed and encompassed and controlled now by the by the empires of the of the Gentile and Canaanite world. Right. So we know that this has got to be for us. I would think. Okay, so then it says, Then let them which are in Judea, this is Luke 21, verse 21, Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let not them that are in the countries enter thereinto. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. That's pretty strong right there. 23. But woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon his people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So... In verse 22, it says, For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. So he says, those are the, these are the days. And then in verse 24, just two verses later, it's describing this times of the Gentiles. Yeah, and uh, and how, how often have you heard that from the LDS Church? I've never heard it. I, yeah, I don't know, but I, I know that the little I've heard, I'd never heard that at all. Nothing close to it or that it even would matter, you know? Yep. You had never heard anything like that? No, I've never been they never talked asked, about it, ever. No discussions? Two-year mission, all of that, nothing. Wow. Um, but it's also called in Romans, I think, 11, the uh-huh. dispensation of the grace of God. Ooh. Oh, that's okay. That's cool. I I never connected that. Yeah, that that speaks about because it's a time when grace is extended to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. And um, you, you gotta wonder. Uh, 
in Joseph Smith's time, there were some Gentiles saved. But according to the Book of the Remnant, the times of the Gentiles was over in 2011. Let's see, was it 20, 2013? Now, 2011, I think, right. was the Adam on Diamond trip. But... Uh, 2013, July of 2013, and so it's it's kind of like you know if if a Gentile is going to be saved now, they could be just skating in by the hair of their head because, and maybe there's another couple of years when when the remnant is established that Gentiles will come in, but but and I think there will be, but unlike the t- the times of the Gentiles. In the times of the Gentiles, they took over the ministry. That was supposed to happen. But when they come in, they're just going to assist, and they're not going to take over the ministry, of course. Well, I think this is you. You were mentioning Romans eleven, and I and I was just looking. I just opened that up, and I was just the first thing I looked at was was this. Verse, Romans 11, verse 11. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. God forbid. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what you were talking about, right? But yeah. through their, But through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. And obviously there he's talking about the house of Israel. The, the Gentiles' jealousy towards the house of Israel. Yeah. That's right. Yep. And and then uh, the it goes on and talks well, about how Melchizedek is their father. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob aren't, but Melchizedek is, and so they're still they still have good roots, and they could be adopted in as Israel if they have a true baptism and seek the recovery of the remnant. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, definitely a lot in in Romans 11 because I've read Romans 11 over and over and yeah, oh, yeah, 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 and so it it, uh, it it's like when I when I see Frank's life and he was alone all those years and and that what what he did is he listened to nobody he didn't listen to one precept of anybody. And he took the scriptures independently and read them and prayed for the Spirit to be with him. And uh, that's how you get the truth out of the scriptures. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's it's rare. Even though people say that's what they do, it's completely rare. And yeah. Not, it's not true. People don't do that at all. <clears throat> right. It's hard to, uh, you know. Okay, okay. Oh. Yeah, Mark. Uh, can I ask a dumb question? Yeah. Two. Um, so, uh, like, for example, uh, like Syrian Muslim refugees, um, they, they would not be a part of the uh, remnant of Jacob, would they? There's a remnant of Jacob no. or Jewish people. That's what I thought. No. That's what I th- yeah. That's what I thought because um, I, I stopped by a... Um, a, a fireside just out of curiosity of, uh, about um, in my stake um, about uh, uh, the, like the refu- like the church is really pushing 
uh, refugees and uh, 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 right, which is wrong. welcoming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I mean, and, and kind of selling refugees is like the greatest thing since sliced bread. I, I don't know. I think they're maybe think they're going to be able to convert them and, and maybe boost their numbers. I don't know. Frankly, that's what I'm uh, guessing. But but the speaker um, <clears throat> kind of. Uh, Suggested that they that these Syrian refugees from Syria, um, in particular, are uh, of the um, remnant of, of Jacob who are being gathered around the four corners of the earth. So that that's not right, right? No, I didn't think so. That, yeah, I didn't think. So. I mean, if if I was Frank, if you were talking to Frank, he wouldn't just say no. He would say well, and then he'd let you conclude to the answer. But that. That is is like so blasphemous that I have to just say no. I, yeah. The their father is is a, uh, Ephraim. No, not Ephraim. Uh, what's his Esau. name? Esau. Yeah, Esau. Ah. Their, their, their father is is uh, Abraham's firstborn, not Isaac, but hmm. who was it? I, I smell. I would. It's, Yes, Ishmael. You also have Esau. And yeah. I would say that I would, I would say Mark that it, I, I I don't I don't agree completely with Kelly on that. I would say that I would say that there possibly could be considering now Syria Syria is run by us by uh, Syria is um, pro Christian and so Assad protects the Christians in Syria. Uh, and, and so this is one of the only countries that's in the Middle East that actually, just like Saddam Hussein, he didn't kill Christians. You know, uh-huh. and it's like, oh, the, the U.S. is bombing Assad's airfields. Well, you know who Assad fights against? ISIS. So yeah. who, who is who? What, what does that mean? That seems like, okay, the U.S. is so evil they're fighting with ISIS. Is what that's what that's what it says to me, and they're they're. I mean, I listen to this news, and it's insane. So, could could there be the remnant of Jacob in Syria? I think there could be because Syria is not some shut off uh, third world country or you know um, banana republic like North Korea. It's not. It's not. The, at least in my in my studies on it, I don't know. I've never been there, so I can't say I know. So I think, mm. I think there could be, and this these refugees. I do think that some of that is God gathering in some, you know, in, in my opinion, it's a, it's all crazy the way that the Lord works. And I don't know exactly the way the Lord works because sometimes it seems like he uses these evil regimes. Not that it's not good or that any of these governments are good. You know, I don't think any of them are yes. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I think, so that, that I think that, that the LDS are teaching that, and they're trying to latch onto that, saying that look, we are involved in the work of gathering Israel, and they're just you know jumping on. Yeah, that. yeah. So they're they're well, doing it in the, so ways. I just typed in Syria percentage of Christians on Google. It says that eleven percent are Christians. Yeah, that's and that. Uh, Seventy-four percent are are Muslims. And, yeah, uh, and, and in a Muslim in a, in a Muslim country, eleven percent is huge. 
Yeah. Hmm. But uh, the uh, but the, the Muslims among them, they wouldn't be probably would not be part of the part of that remnant, uh, uh, would they? Or I, I don't think so. No. Yeah, the Muslim. That's what I mean. The Muslims among them. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, like I said, uh, like I said, Syria I think is more of an open country than some of these other. Yeah, countries. that makes sense. So we could have some assimilation. Um, so possibly, but you know, Palestinian. You know, the the people who are in Israel who call themselves Jews. I'm not even sure if they're Jews. You know, they're they're Ashkenazis, and Ashkenazi Judaism is a converted Judaism. So when I talk about Jews, I mean blood, blood. They they yeah. they could all they could all be converted Jews, or yeah. they follow the religion of Judaism. That's great, but that's not the seed of Jews. Yeah. Uh, can I ask another dumb question? And yeah. this is gonna you know reveal my ignorance and. You know, but speaking of um, the the, uh, the blacks and the priesthood, how, and I'm honestly confused. I'm really honestly trying to understand. I, I don't know honestly what to think or try to reconcile uh, like the priesthood man with the Book of Mormon verse about um, uh, God's. Um, Turns away none uh, that come unto him, black or white, male and female, bond and free. Um, so how do I, how how do I uh, should one reconcile the two? I I, um, I may have asked this before, but I I can't remember. I I don't know. Um, go ahead, Andrew. You want me to an, you want me to answer that? I mean, yeah, Kelly, Kelly and I agree on a lot of things. I think we uh, we may differ on this a little bit. I would say, Mark, and Mark, I'm, I, I can't tell you that um, that I know 100% or that I figured it out. Uh-huh. But, but I would say that that what some crinkling noise. I don't know what that is. Uh, oh, sorry. I've just a piece of paper. Uh, oh, that's okay. Okay, gotcha. It was just way that. Um, so when you have a uh, can't. When I was talking about the Canaanites, you're just saying that the Book of Mormon says, it says black, white, bond, free, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've totally had the same exact thought that you're having. And in my, I guess in my opinion, you have, um, is, is you have, where, where you're talking about a salvation, or you're talking about the priesthood, and and having the priesthood on on this earth bearing bearing the the holy Melchizedek priesthood or the priesthood after the order of the Son of God is mm-hmm. not a right like in Abraham uh, chapter one this prograde price versus you know twenty or something it says that the Pharaoh was a righteous man and then it says from there it says but he could not it he could not hold the priesthood at all, because he was the seed of Ham. And the seed of Ham is a Canaanite. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't, say, it doesn't say that he's black or or African-American, you know what I mean? Okay. So, in my, yeah. in my thought, I can't tell you that I believe that, yes, it's the African-Americans. It seems to be pointing toward that, 
when it's talking about those who do not have the right to the priesthood by lineage, which is exactly what it says in Abraham 1, and I believe Abraham 1 to be word of God. And that's my belief. And so it's saying that there, is, and that's just one example of where it says Canaanites cannot get the priesthood, and Canaanites cannot enter the temple. There's another hmm. scripture that says oh. that. This does not mean that they're not saved. Well, like in the, in, a, in the sense of like general general salvation. Yeah, and I don't know what that means when it says all are saved under the blood of Christ, or you know, and what it says in the Book of Mormon. I don't know what that all entails, but I can't say that just because a Canaanite cannot get the priesthood doesn't mean. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I just know they can't get the priesthood. But but but, but, uh, but we may uh, properly um, view like the right to hold the priesthood and like salvation from our sins, or you know, in the and uh, uh, as as not necessarily the same thing, or, or like, like consider them separately as separate issues. You mean? I, I, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how I'm trying to put it together in my mind of. of why does it say that they're under all salvation and yet they are also cursed in the other hand, you know? They're oh, yeah. Because you're saying this is contradictory, right? You're saying that's contradictory where... Oh, I, 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 I'm not saying it. I don't know that it necessarily is. I'm I'm just wondering how to reconcile. Right. Cause uh, I'm, maybe, I'm, I imagine there is a, a way to reconcile them. Um, yeah, yeah. And maybe and that's, guess, that's just it. It's just a, like there's salvation on one hand and then there's like right to hold the priesthood on the other hand and they're not, they're like separate issues maybe? I mean, in the end, yeah, and I that's what I think. I think, I don't know if they're separate, but I would say that if there's a work to do on earth and the priesthood um, is the powers of heaven that are directly or inseparably connected with heaven to earth, to yeah. and that right is given to Israel and um, a Gentile can be adopted into that right, and a Canaanite cannot have that right at all, and so they're therefore missing out on those blessings. Does it any? Does it ever say that they are all damned to hell? I, I don't. I don't think. I don't know where it says that. And so, yeah. In the end, I can't say that. Okay, I, I just. I don't know. I'm not going to be able to judge. You know, I'm just. So that, I'm not saying that. Yeah, that's, that's, it's probably not that clear, but I know that the, that what it says in the scriptures that I believe to be scriptures, it is is talking about this priesthood rights, and therefore you can, there are no not to enter the temple of God. Is what it says right at the end of the uh, Old Testament. It's actually like the last chapter of the Old Testament. Okay, it says, it says that. And I'll find that. But go ahead, Kelly. Tell us what what you were thinking. Well. Well, for me, yeah, good discussion. Um, there's uh, in the third edition of the Book of the Remnant. There's going to be a uh, a big chapter called the the intermarriage with the Canaanites, and and he talks. He's very explicit in that, but but he says that baptism availeth nothing. So if you believe the Book of the Remnant, which I do, just like the rest of the scriptures, baptism availeth nothing to a Canaanite. And what to reconcile that, 
I, the way I do it is is this in the uh, in the pre-existence there was a great big world that was happening, and uh, we kind of dismissed it as yeah we were just waiting to come to Earth, but that's not it. There was a there was a uh, a great there was some worthiness that was happening on that site, and there were people that made a covenant to Christ. And that's why they were born into this world as the the house of Israel or the covenant people of the Lord because of that covenant that they made. Remember, a covenant is a two-way promise. It's a promise from God and then from us. And in, uh, in the Old Testament, it's throughout the Old Testament that God's going to keep his covenant with the house of Israel. But it never says, well, what covenant did the house of Israel make? You know, they were just born into it. They were just blood. And the answer is the covenant they made was done in the preexistence. That's why they had a preparatory redemption, as it says in Alma 13. And and so there were, there were people that made a covenant to Christ. There were people that did not make a covenant to Christ, nor a covenant to Satan. And then there were people that made a covenant to Satan and uh, wanted to destroy the seed. Because if the covenant of Satan destroys the seed, intermingles, marries with the covenant person of the Lord, then the seed is destroyed, and and those children are no longer the blood of Israel. Hmm. And and so, and and it goes back to, to Cain, killing Abel and was made Master Mahon, and he was master of this great secret. And the great secret was that in the preexistence, they had a plot to destroy the seed. And Satan did that right at the very beginning by making Cain black. You know, and, so, and so he was made black, and when God says he doesn't stop anybody, black or white, from coming unto him. He doesn't. But they stop themselves. Now, if they desire the things of righteousness, uh, I, I honestly know of of one person that I've been inspired by that is black. and he's But he's inspired me in the telestial kingdom types of things. And that that is the guy that, what, Richmond, the guy that wrote the foreword to Bastier's The Law. He's, uh, I forget his name, Andrew, you might know it. Oh, uh, Walter Block. Yeah, well, Walter Williams, something. Or Walter Williams, yeah. yeah. He's a George Mason professor. Yeah, he's, he's the honor. only guy. But he's inspired me in freedom-related things. And, and if you remember, that the freedom-related principles are, are principles of this world, the telestial world. They're not principles of the terrestrial world nor of the celestial world. And so can a Canaanite make it to the celestial world? I would say likely. Can they make it to the terrestrial world? Maybe a very, very few. And God gives them that option. But they've already, they don't have the ability because of what they did in the preexistence, because of their covenant to Satan, to be baptized, which brings you into the celestial world. I wonder why they, the ones that, that baptism availeth nothing, 
why they wouldn't have just why they wouldn't have been part of the third, you know, cast out and not uh, the bad. It's all described all. in that. It's all described in that thing. It's a very good question, Mark. You keep impressing me. <laughs> but in yeah, the, good question. In, in the I... intermarriage with Canaan, because he talks about that. There were people that made a covenant to Satan right at the beginning, and they weren't even given a body. Uh, but, that, but then there was this secret plot to be born into this earth as this, and they they changed like right at the end. They what they didn't make their uh, decision at first, but they they were part of this plot and sided with Satan at the end in a way that they were born, but they were black. And, and I you know I don't care what anybody says black, the black that color is not of God. That's why it was a curse. That's why God cursed him with the black skin. And so, and so there's two types of, of people that made a covenant to Satan. There were those who did not have bodies and they were cast down to this earth and they're tempting us all the time. They're, you know, they're the temptations which are all around us. And, uh, and then there was, uh, the people that wanted to be part of this secret, this master Mahon secret to destroy the seed. And, uh, you know, one, one thing you don't ever want to do. I mean, I, when I read that, I, I don't care if my, she's now 18, my daughter, uh, she was 17 at the time or 16 at the time. And I read that and, and just shook, literally shook. It's so powerful. And I just called her up and I said, Serena, please never, ever, ever marry a black person. And and that's just because I don't want through me my seed. Yeah, but Moses, Moses did. I know, and so did Abraham. So we can clearly see that you're not damned to hell if you do do that. Well, I... Uh, or I guess the we can't really see because I don't know who goes to hell. The scriptures have outliers. Right. But... Uh, Anyone, it says about the Lamanites, anyone that marries them becomes part of that curse. Now, oh, now yeah, I think Moses, it. so yes, I, I agree with you, Andrew, that there is a way, but man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch it. I mean, Miriam and, and Aaron were talking about that, remember? They were like, yeah. well, Moses married a black person and, and God cursed Aaron with leprosy and reprimanded Miriam. Yeah, he, they, the, they cursed him for judging Moses. For judging Moses, but that's one of the things they brought up is that yeah. he married a Canaanite. Yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of like me and you talking bad about Frank or something, Andrew. You know, it's just not yeah. good. You're saying yeah. it's an issue. You're saying. I mean, we agree. We agree, Kelly, on this issue. And Mark, you're asking some hardcore questions that I I, I still ask. Ke- Kelly's more. Assured, but I would say that I'm a little bit less assured. But I would say that in the end, like I just said, like like uh, you know, I just said Moses isn't damned to hell. Well, I don't think he is because he was translated, you know. So it seems like he's not. Ah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Yeah. Who is, yeah. I don't know. I cannot say who is judged to to which. But I think of it in this way: if you have a Canaanite, you have a Gentile, and you have a house of Israel, and you you have these souls. These are the souls. Like Kelly described the preexistence that situation in a really 
clear way. And those are souls that are that are come to bodies that God sends the specific souls into specific bodies and, and bloodlines, you know. And so you have to that's the way that I think about it, instead of thinking, Oh, uh black people are made a covenant with Satan or this people. No, these are the souls. The souls they're not colors. They're they're not the souls are not colors. The colors is how God identifies them on this earth so that we may identify the the difference. And it doesn't mean you kill them or persecute them or you don't feed them when they're hungry. You know what I mean? Uh and, and this is what I believe. But you know, so you th- I think you think of the souls that are coming there, it's not necessarily uh, the other way around. Does that make sense? Uh, I think. Yeah. Let me let me say two more things, Mark. Maybe to let you think about. And that is right. one is is in Matthew what I read today, where there was a there was a person that that pleaded with Christ to heal her daughter, and his reply to that was, "I I am sent unto the children of the house of Israel." And 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 he stood there and just looked at her, and he basically told her no. He says, "I'm not, yeah. not going to do it. I, I'm not sent unto you. I'm not going to do it." And and then she kind of pleaded more, and he says, "Come on, lady. Does the master take the children's bread and give it to the dogs?" Yeah, and she wasn't even I a Canaanite. <laughs> she wasn't even a Canaanite, and so this is a Gentile. This is in the middle people that did not make a covenant to Satan or Christ. And Christ was basically saying no. And then she wisely, this is the only time I know of where Jesus relented to a Gentile. But but she said, nay, Lord, but the dogs eat the crumbs that falleth under the master's table. And he said, for this saying, go, go your way, your, your daughter is healed. And then in that self-same hour, she was healed. But I have the opinion, based on the scriptures, that if it would have been a Canaanite, he would have just said, leave. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Let me share one more scripture with you, Mark. Yeah, good. Because I think that's the best way to answer it. Okay, in um, Zechariah chapter 14, verses 21, which is the second to last book in the Old Testament. Yea, and, and this is, I won't go into the context, but, Yea, every pot in Jerusalem and in Judah shall be holiness unto the Lord of hosts, and all they that sacrifice shall come and take of them and seethe therein. I don't know what that means, but, And in that day there shall be no more the Canaanite in the house of the Lord of hosts. So it's just another example of, hey, there's something about, the Canaanites that they're being they're being punished for something. You know what I mean? Hmm. You know yeah. that's, that's the King James version. That's well, not. And and even even greater. That's a really good scripture, Andrew. Even greater though is is what's brought out in that writing of the intermarriage with the Canaanites is that Ezra putting his hands in his face saying, "What do we do now? All of the house of Israel are married to Canaanites." And. Uh, then his leaders under him said, look, you know, we're going to root them out. And they got rid of their wives, their Canaanite wives. 
And three mm. months later, they were rid of all their Canaanite wives, which was the command of the Lord. They weren't even supposed to marry Gentile wives. But Ezra was sick to his stomach when he had learned that this was taking place. And so it's like you said at the very beginning, Andrew, it's not really what we know. It's what we know that the Lord knows. And if, if this is the Lord doing this, we can't dismiss it. Yeah. We have to say why. And the why always points to the preexistence. And now the the um as far as like in the Book of Mormon the, there there was one group of Lamanites that um that that were um it says in the Book of Mormon cursed the skin of blackness. I've always thought viewed that as um something that pertained to just that one group in that narrow uh, specific period of time and and place. It doesn't necessarily mean that all uh, with uh, darker skin today uh, are, are part of that same curse from back in the Book of Mormon days, right? Would you, is that... I, I, I think that I think that you're right on. I think that you're right on that. In that case, he's the only thing I think that he's doing is he's showing a typifying of of what he does because he did it in that scripture. He did it. So he said he said that he did it so they could identify the difference, right? Uh-huh. And so he did it for a purpose, and it was for identification for the Nephites to be able to identify who they were, so they would yeah, not it was, yeah, but it was more than that. All well, the saying that if in, in that case, he doesn't say they're Canaanites. He doesn't say they're they're now Canaanites. I think he was typifying in a way that the Lord does curse people, and. That, but it, I think that it was specific in that instance. Yeah, and and doesn't necessarily mean that that if if uh, if that was and like you said, that's one method of uh, of a curse or a, a distinguishing thing or something. Well, but um, it, but doesn't necessarily mean, mean that everyone way. with dark skin is part of that curse today, right? I mean, in in that case, I, in that instance, it doesn't say that, but. Uh, in, other case, in other cases, the curse is the cursing of not having the priesthood. Like, my best friend in college, you know, I went to college way too long for just an undergrad, but he's, he's a big black football player, you know? I still love him. And, and do I think he's cursed the priesthood? I think I tend to believe that that is the case. Do I think he's cursed and an evil person? I don't think that at all. You know, he's very talented. You know, he's very talented. And he has a lot to offer me. Um, those things are not necessarily correlated with the priesthood or with with God, but it's it you know. I, I, yeah, I get a separate issue. Cursing is a priesthood. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, okay. We were reading my family and I today, where their their skin turned white, though. And and so when they were righteous, their skin turned back white. And, uh, oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. and that was that was that group in the Book of Mormon, right? Those those peoples in the yeah, the people that that were right, the Lamanites that were righteous. But it it says here that uh, the sore cursing was because of their iniquity, and Laman and Lemuel, and uh, for they had hardened their hearts against him and become. Their skin had become like unto a flint. Wherefore, as they were white yeah. and exceedingly fair and delightsome, 
their skin was uh, blackness came upon them. Yeah. Um, but but one shouldn't necessarily so <coughs> should one should sorry should one not necessarily construe from that 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 uh, someone with dark skin today is part of that that particular Lamanite curse. Uh, that, that, well, that is, that is, Mark, that's a great insight, and it's actually the opposite, in my opinion, because the House of Israel today are Lamanites and Nephites of today. Yeah. And all of them have a, have a dark skin. And, and so the favorite of the Lord are his House of Israel, they're his heritage, the the apple of his eye it says in the, in the Old Testament. These are the people he loves, and it, he doesn't really love Gentiles, and and, the, and he, he hates he hated the Lamanites when they were wicked. It specifically uses the word hate, and so these people are the dark skinned people, mm-hmm. the uh, the Lamanite people. Yes, it, the, it, their skin came from a curse, but they're still of the house of Israel. And we read in, in 2 Nephi 30 that not many generations will pass, but the scales of darkness will fall from their eyes. Oh, yeah. become a, a white and delightsome people. Oh, yeah, and then even then, there was a time when uh, the Lord said that they were more righteous than the uh, Nephites had become. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Third Nephi, Helaman 15 is, is one of those times where... It's, it seems like those two. It seems like where you're, what you know, what you're talking about, Mark, and I don't know, but it seems like that is it's a totally different, not totally different, but it's a different issue with this uh, turn the skin to blackness of the Lamanites as it described as it's described in the Book of Mormon compared uh-huh. to the difference with um, describing like in Abraham and the prograde price describes this Canaanite. I think that it's because they're not cursed to the priesthood. These Lamanites, they're the, the cursing is because of their disobedience in Earth in this existence, not in the pre-existence. Whereas right. yeah, the, the, the disobedience in the pre-existence, and so I do think that it is specific to that time period with that cursing in particular, and that cursing is, you know, still with those. Those uh, the seed of Lehi today on our earth. Does that mean? What does that mean? To me, it clearly means that you just have to turn back to God, and then yeah. their their priesthood would be, you know, then revived in them. Whereas a Canaanite, that priesthood cannot be revived. That doesn't mean no. that I think a Canaanite can't be turned to God. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It probably doesn't make sense because it's a really, really difficult subject. No, that's not as well spoken, Andrew. Oh, you've said many things that make sense to me. Yeah, uh, both of you. Well, I'm so so with your questions because, I mean, I I and Andrew, too, it's just like whatever the truth is, we want to find it. It's the pearl of great price spoken of, you know, where you sell all that you have to buy that field because in it is that that valuable thing that you need. And uh, and that's the doctrine of Christ. Whatever it is, we all should want to believe it. And we, we express a little bit of a difference of opinions. 
but uh, I, I agree with Andrew with, with much of what he said. It, it's sort of odd that God cursed. We, we know from the scriptures he cursed two groups of people. We don't even know about the Chinese or Japanese yet. But he cursed the Canaanites and then the Laman Lemuel, the Lamanites. And one is, is according to the Book of the Remnant, made a covenant to Satan and they're cursed from the priesthood. And the other is the house of Israel, <laughs> you know, and then the whites are basically considered the Gentiles and yet, unless you're of the tribe of Judah. Good God. Uh-huh. He doesn't discriminate. He curses anybody who does not obey his commandments, which, you know, I would say that a lot of us, that's, that is a lot of everybody right about now, you know. I don't know, you know, but that's what it seems like to me. Well, with, with Laman and Lemuel, you could itemize their disobedience. And they, I mean, they heard the voice of the Lord. They saw angels. Things were really, really obvious, and they still chose to just do something. I don't. I don't. Any no one I knew would ever do is is turn their back on such bold faced evidence. I mean, they get shocked by Nephi. They they get lots and lots of things, evidence that that they're doing the wrong thing and they just their their mom and dad dies and then they they want to kill Nephi again. And uh as Lehi brought out, Nephi saved their life by by uh with a bow and arrow hunting hunting food for him. And here they want to kill him and so I think they were a special case of evil and the Lord cursed them, said, Look, I can't allow you to exist in a white skin still. Um, and so hmm. he cursed them. Yeah, okay. And he, Lehi knew they were going to be cursed. When he gave the blessings to his grandsons, he said, may this curse skip you guys, and may it belong to your fathers. And, 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 and again, I think, and I think the purpose of that skin turning is for identification of the righteous ones, identifying those who had pulled those in the Lamanites who God did turn their skin, those, they were teaching the precepts of their fathers, which was Laman and Lemuel, which was the precepts, uh, you know, which were completely contrary to God. And so God was protecting right. the Nephites by changing the skin, which is an identification, because that's most likely what, that, yeah. you know, what if you intermarried and that family would be taught. It doesn't mean for sure, this is my opinion, but it doesn't mean for sure that that's what that family would be taught then, but, you know, it's more of a protection by identification. Yeah, at that time, the Lord said so, that it was, so they wouldn't be enticing uh, to separate, right. to, to right. distinguish them. Yeah, at that time, at least, it was for that. Yeah. It's a tough, tough subject because nowadays it's, racism, you know, you're racist. Go ahead and say that to anybody, and it's like, oh, oh, no, I'm not, no, I'm not. And race is this race, you know, and so if you believe in race, then you believe in race. But, you know, you could tell by Kelly and I, we well, believe we believe in three groups only, Israel, hmm. Gentile, and Canaanite. And we believe that that's to be from the souls and the preexistence sent to bodies, that we did something in the preexistence. So the yeah. race, it, it's difficult because people can get turned off real fast by discussing this. 
nowadays. Oh, yeah. Well, you just hmm. figure out the truth, you know? It says in the scriptures there, so what the heck is that supposed to mean, you know? Yeah, well, and Enoch was told not to go to the Canaanites, and in the Old Testament, they didn't embrace them like we do. And we, we, they they lived apart from them, and they're like, we're, we're not intermixing with you. you know, they they were considered cursed and and you know scum for all intents and purposes. Uh, but but I uh, I understand what you're saying, and I uh, they they they're still people, and they can still come into Christ if at least to a to a certain point that the Lord will allow because they did something in the preexistence that was eternal, that there's no undo button, that, that, that covenant to Christ and to be part of that, that secret, that master Mahon secret. And so, you know, in, in this day and age, we have, we have, like, if you watch a movie or even a commercial, they have to put in a black person or two because of laws and they want everyone's trying to please the world. I just I'm fascinated about this Chinese guy that that the airline United Airlines beat up and dragged off that plane. And uh, yeah, they at first at first the CEO of United Airlines was like was like, well, he he did this and this is our policy, and he he totally justified it. And then when all, this huge backlash. From the rest of the the country, basically. But, but then all of a sudden, people are like, "Okay, well, you know," I and they all want to just please the world. They all want to just look good to the rest of us. And yeah. there's no sticking to principle at all. Even the LDS Church totally caves in and just wants to be accepted by the rest of the world, whoever that may be and whatever they may believe. Yeah, they said there was kind of a joke uh, that uh, in the new the history museum that they were remodeling. Uh, someone said, someone said um, uh, one of the new exhibits is going to be the the uh, throw Brigham Young under the bus exhibit for, for uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, regarding the because they because the public affairs department just totally just flat out said um, oh yeah all that stuff that all these past. Uh, Leaders said about the you know the race uh, you know that that was all that was all folklore um, or um, yeah just kind of um, and and now I guess the, yeah. the little essay uh, they're saying it was just it was just Brigham Young's it was just racism or, or of the time or something and not uh, actual actually from God or well, something. But right, right. yeah, but so that's not, it wouldn't be the first time that the church has, has tried to you know, done things to tr to please the world, you know, for the. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. They, they would lose their 501c3 if they were in any way talking about it, even the way that we're talking about it. If that was, you know, you know, I would I would tell you I don't even understand the priesthood. You know, they lose the rights to the priesthood. To be honest, I don't know exactly. Yeah, I don't know 100% exactly what all that means and why, why the, but I know that they would lose their 501c3 standing and the LDS Church will do anything to keep that, for, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there's kind of a, there's like a YouTube video out there. Uh, someone suggested that, um, well, I, 
Well, and the, the, uh, you know, back in 1978, uh, Jimmy Carter basically phoned Kimball and said, you, know, if you need to, if you don't reverse this or do something about this, so you're going to lose your tax-free status, you know. And uh, and then came the change. Oh, uh, revelation! Yeah. <laughs> I never uh, heard that. Yeah. Uh, you you well, saw yeah, video yeah. on YouTube. Someone talking about that. Yeah, and and someone uh, who uh, knew. Oh, I, I didn't. I didn't get the exact. I don't. I don't remember the exact details. Um. Uh. Um. Yeah. And, and the timing of of how of when some people knew knew about it, and it was right. clear that it was a result of of uh, of that of yeah, Jimmy Carter putting his foot down. Yeah, the, the revelation came from the pressure. Yes, yeah, from, and, yeah. and in the financial pressure. In the LDS you, Church, they get right. threatened, and so they come up with a policy, and it works its way up to revelation. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, and it's it is, it is interesting to note that you know, it has been pointed out that that 1978 um, thing that, that there isn't really actually <clears throat> no one has actually ever uh, uh, produced or, or pointed to an actual revelation in 1978. You know, yeah, I just, that. they just claim that there is one, but but where where is the actual revelation? And there, there's it has a declaration. Not there's like the declaration, yeah. but then that's not—it's not the revelation. No, it's a declaration that there was a revelation, but the, right. the, 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 the revelation is not to be had, or it's not hasn't well, been. It, it was the same reason. thing with the their policy for uh, abortion is allowable under rape and incest. It was just some guys getting together and saying, "What will the world accept?" And. Uh, uh, and it is policy, and it worked its way up to revelation, but there's no, like in the scriptures, thus saith the Lord, blah, blah, blah. There, there's no revelation on that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think um, Russell Nelson, I think, one of his early, one of his first addresses, didn't he say something like, or he sort of soft-pedaled abortion a little bit? I he said, heard exactly what he said. I heard it. It was his first talk as a prophet. I mean, as an apostle, uh, Russell oh. Mills said that abortion was not murder. Yeah, that's he said that? wrong. Yes, he said that. I heard it from his mouth. That's, that's heinous. That's so abominable that he would say that. I yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, that is just uh, burns the hair off my head, angry, because it is murder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, right now, I, when I was a kid, you know, that you had heard somewhere that there was somebody that was gay, and it, you know, how it just blew you away. It's like, what? You know, and now I, I, I think, and like now we're at a point where the church is saying, well, you can get on Facebook and you can defend your right to believe in the gay agenda, but as soon as you start practicing it, then that's when you, we draw the line. And it's like, you know, Christ would never tell somebody that. Yeah, I don't think so. He would never say, yeah, you can get on and defend your right to believe in a gay. He would condemn it. And then, like he, like the scriptures do condemn it. And, uh, and then he'd just move on. But 
man, we're talking about getting along with the world to the utmost with these people. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, you know, I, I wish that we could, like, get together in some group, whoever wants to know the doctrine of Christ, and uh, invite the Holy Ghost, invite angels, and be there for six months if need be, uh, until you come away with the true doctrine of Christ. But it's always given in a way where people have to ask, they have to seek, they have to to uh, petition the Lord, knock, and and then it's given, and it's giving, it's given piece by piece, a little at a time, and until you know all of it. And yeah. It's all. It, it just. I, I always can think of Lehi's dream, where the iron rod is the word of God, and and I. It's so much more powerful now than when I first read it, because you read the scriptures, and it filters all of that out. If you just read it and seek the Lord to understand it and uh, go forward and and then believe it, believe what is written and what it says. And, yeah, you know, you you may be accused of being a racist or whatever, but, you know, it's it's the word of the Lord, and that's who you're loyal to. That's right. That's a really well put, Kelly. Really well put. Yeah, that's perfect. That's because I think the way that we, I would say the way that we talk about it, we sound racist. I'll tell you straight yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. We do. And, and I know that I'm not because, like, I know that's what someone who who, who, who could be racist would say, but <laughs> I know for a fact I'm not. I've, I've dated black people. I'm not by any means. I'm attracted to them, all sorts, you know. And so this is, it is just the way that man Sound, but when it's in the scriptures, like you just said, Kelly, that's the way to do it. Just look yeah, at you, look at the read the words. What are they saying? What's God trying to tell us? Right. Yeah, that's what that is. Andrew, you remember Frank saying, and this would blow people away, but we're him saying that we're not here on the earth to produce more Gentiles. That's that's not yeah. the purpose of God. Well, we're not. We're not here on the earth to, uh, God's plan for people on the earth is not to produce more Gentiles. Ah. And it's certainly not to produce more Canaanites. And, I mean, and, though, and when he said that, and what I take from it is that he means we are here to produce and teach more souls to be, like Kelly said before, 100% devoted to the Lord, the the Lord, the House of Israel, the yeah, the Scriptures, and uh, and so you know the, this this uh, you know Wayne Dyer, and there's there's a few people out there that just kind of preach that everyone is important or everyone is is we're all connected, kind of those those things, and and it doesn't come from the Scriptures, it, it's. It sounds good to Gentiles because Gentiles are are full of all kinds of doctrine that doesn't come from the scriptures but sound good. Yeah. And and, and so oh. you know, those things just aren't true if they're not in the scriptures. 
Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, the Book of Mormon, I'm remembering now the, that, that black and white thing. Um, I think in the same verse, it say all are alike unto God. So that, I, I have to admit yeah. that, 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 has, that has confused me. Totally. Yeah. Me well, too, uh, but, <laughs> but on the other hand, um, not everyone uh, obeyed the same, you know, in the preexistence, uh, right? Yeah, exactly. What, what Frank, yeah, what Frank did it's tell me is he said, he, was, he says, when we were born of spirits, we were all the same. That all are alike unto God pertains to the spirits that were born of God and his wife or his uh, wives. When they were born, all are alike. And he wants all of them to make a covenant to his son, Jesus Christ, and to be of the house of Israel for, for the covenant, to make that covenant, which would make them the covenant people of the Lord. Uh, and. and he doesn't favor anybody, but the favoring, the non-favoring takes place then, not, yeah. not now. Uh, well, also now, right? Well, now too. But if you if you read the Old Testament, especially, he favors the house of the Lord. They are his heritage. Yeah. That word heritage is used so often, and he could he tells them not to intermarry with the. Hittites and the Amorites and all of those other people, because they're Gentiles. And there's no story about Gentiles, about you know, a prophet but, who is a Gentile or doing something, and the, and, and then but, those, but, the scriptures yeah. follow that person. They're always following the covenant people of the Lord. But you got you got very good points. But I would interject also to give you a Frankism. I've also heard Frank say that Jesus married a Gentile. So Jesus you, take it for what, you take it for what it's worth. You know, it's, I totally agree with you, Kelly. Yeah. But I would no, say, not, that, Mark, you got some good questions, and you obviously seek truth because you're asking the hard ones, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. I'm trying to learn. Yeah, and we all are, and, and none of us are ever offended by what anyone else says. And in fact, when, when, when Andrew says something like that, I, I, uh, I think about it and we'll hang up the phone and I'll think about it. And, and, uh, I, I know there's, there's, the Lord does a lot of mysterious things and, and he, uh, Jesus certainly didn't sin. You could maybe say that Moses sinned, but right? we know that Jesus didn't sin. <laughs> right. Right. And so, yeah, you got that right. Good point. And and so you know all of these things. I I, I told I told someone recently, it's because it's I'll say it's in the scriptures, and and someone will say, well, you know, it, it's not really in the scriptures. And, and and I say, look, if you read the scriptures and pray that the Holy Ghost is with you, and you study and you spend some silent time with the scriptures. And you, you cannot look at one verse independently of all the other verses. You have to look at that verse or that series of verses under the prism of everything else the scriptures say. Right. And then, aggregate. And then, yeah, and then this insight just dawns on you. And it's not spelled out point blank in great detail in the scriptures, but you just know that that's what it's talking about. 
Hmm. And and uh, like for instance, Andrew and I, but with Noah, he was uh, his. There's a that story in Noah where 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 Noah's was naked and drunk, and then his son, which which was the name of his his son Ham comes out and kind of laughs or, or tells his other brothers Shem and Japheth of what he did that he saw his dad naked. Well, if you go to Leviticus and read what it says in Leviticus, seeing your father naked is really seeing your wife naked, his wife naked, and um, having and the way the way what it says is if you read all of it and interpret it through the prism of Leviticus is he had sex with Noah's wife. He had sex with his mom. And and so Noah cursed the baby as a, to to be a Canaanite. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, oh. right. That's a good good point. Really good point. Hmm. And, but you don't know it by just reading it. You and and I when I got to Leviticus I, I actually I read that and I thought hmm, and I went back to that part in Noah and then I went online and this one guy spelled it out perfectly and I I actually saved it I I PDF'd it and put it in my my little folder to save because it's I know now that that Noah's son Ham had sex with his wife and that's why Noah cursed the baby that was produced from that union. Well, not with Noah or, or, or something, I guess. Then, right? Not with what's that? Uh, he, he didn't. He did not with with Noah himself. Right. Right. I don't know. Okay. I've, I've I've definitely heard that too. But I guess Kelly, you, you're relating it to what's the base definition of when they say to see the father's nakedness or to see what? someone's nakedness. In Leviticus, that's yeah, that's Leviticus the, gives the law to have sex with. His wife, because his nakedness is his wife's nakedness. It's Noah's like, nakedness is the nakedness of his wife. Yeah, it's like democracy. I mean, my kid, I walk democracy. around here, my kids see me naked all the time. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. I don't think. Right, yeah. You know, yeah. But, but to see the wife naked and then, and then to uh, go in under her, and I, we'd have to pull up the scripture, but it's, this, all of the scriptures are like that, and I, and this is just one thing, but all of the scriptures are are like that. And and then when you uh, when you read them, you know, like, like at first when you were little, it said, and, and he went unto his wife, and he knew her, and it's like, okay, what does that mean? You know, when you're young, and then after you read it a bunch of times, you go, oh, that means they had sex. Mm-hmm. When when a, when a guy knows his wife or went in and knew her, that that's what it means. And there's there's all kinds of things like that where where you just think about it a little bit, and then it dawns on you. And if it doesn't dawn on you, uh, maybe it'll dawn on you later, or maybe it's just not important. Yeah, that's the power of the Holy Ghost, right? Inviting yeah. him in as you read. Yeah. Hey, hey I go to the dictionary got... quite a bit. I'll say, "What does this word mean?" and I'll I'll look it up on Google. You know, a, a eunuch. I was reading today, a eunuch. A eunuch is someone that that doesn't marry anybody, doesn't have sex with anybody. 
And, uh, you know, you, you look at the word eunuch, you're like, oh, what does that mean? And then you, you read it in the context of the scriptures, especially in Matthew, because I read it today, and you're like, oh, okay. What does it mean again? Say again. A eunuch is someone that is like Paul, doesn't uh, marry, oh, oh, okay. doesn't, doesn't have sex with anybody. Oh. They're, and it has a few types of eunuchs, like some that are there to preach the word of God, but some that are just ordained and not, they're never going to get married. It kind of implies that. Oh. And so, hmm. uh, is eunuch and so, uh, in, in the scriptures? Is that word in the scriptures? Yeah, look up the word eunuch. E, let's see, E U N U C H. U C H. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, and read 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 what it says in Matthew, and I think you'll come to the same conclusion I did. All right. And uh, because because the scriptures are written that way, so that people have to. Uh, Dig. They have to really want to know. You know, it says, "Ask and it shall be given you." But the Lord doesn't consider asking one prayer and thinking about it for two minutes and then never visiting that thing again. His definition of knocking and asking and seeking is is a lifelong thing, where you're always asking, you're always seeking, you're always knocking, and and hundreds. Are revealed. What's that? Oh, hungry and thirsting. Yeah, hunger, hungry and thirsting, and not leaving it alone, and not being distracted by the NBA playoffs, or you know, just yeah. not li- leaving it alone, and uh, and and pondering. You know, you find yourself pondering about it at certain times when you're driving, or at certain times. It's, it's the Lord recognizes all of these acts that we do and uh, he uh, you know when we read the scriptures and we cry I think the Lord recognizes all of that and then it says in the Doctrine and Covenants by and by it will be in his own way in his own time but that he will you will visit the Savior at some point if you stay on that seeking asking knocking road these things are inevitable to happen to you if if you just stay on that path. But if but if you put no thought into it, or you put thought into it and then you go and do something else and you, you're not worried about it anymore and you don't ask anymore, then that's not asking according to the Lord. You know, that's, that's not seeking. And as a PC seven or, or nine. Where oh you you mean where where you'll visit the Lord he will show his face to you well the well, DNC ninety three is one DNC ninety three one is one of them but I think it's also in like eighty eight where it's even better said where where by and by in his own way in his own time uh, he, he he will visit you and well, so the, the, the thing about studying it out in your mind. Oh, that that's in uh, I think seven or nine or whatever, where yeah. he says, "Yeah, he says that study it out in your mind, and if you stupor of thought, then it's not important, and if you have a burning in your bosom, then it's the answer to your it's the answer that you're seeking." Oh yeah, I forget yeah. where that is. 
but but uh that's the other thing is is uh we we should be seeking Christ. And that that doesn't mean just spiritually seeking Christ. There's almost I think almost everybody in the church LDS church believes that uh you know that that they are not seeking Christ's face. That they are not looking forward in this life to meet up with him and to wet his feet with their tears. But I believe that his covenant people, the ones that know who they are, I believe they are. And I believe I, would, I should be. I would say the burning the bosom is confusing as hell. I mean, yeah. I got a burning the bosom when I watch, you know, my Gamecocks go to the Final Four. <laughs> you know, that you, you, that burning the bosom is highly confusing to me still. I mean, gosh, dang it. It's, well, it's, it's frustrating because that's, I mean, I've had my family, you know, because I'm always trying to wake my family up, but they're always telling me, I know that Monson is the prophet, the corporation is the Lord's corporation. Because they're burning their bosom. They're burning their bosom, just like they get when they go to Disney World. Just like I get when I see the movie Braveheart. You right. know, gosh, well, that that's a whole it, other subject. But it, it is. But but like what I, what I do, Andrew, is I say, okay, is any of this in the scriptures? Or and if the right. answer is no, because I I've, I've been a Raider fan all my life, you know. I, and I know how it is to to be a fan of a team, and then they do well, and you're excited. But right. But but to me, it, it is a different excitement when uh, you know, I'll listen to a song, and I'll be like, "Man, this is a great song!" And yeah, kind of song burning in the bosom. But but it's like, look, this does it pertain to the scriptures? Does it pertain to my salvation or someone else's salvation? And and when the answer is no, then I just dismiss it as uh, me being, you know, a Gentile or Gentile blood or whatever, you know. Or, yeah. I mean, does but, it persuade? It says, it says that the Spirit persuades men to do good. Yeah. And, and I believe uh, in Christ. Yeah. So, you know, that's a good Yeah. Yeah, to believe in Christ and to believe in the it sucks that it's so similar to something I can feel with a movie. Well, yeah. I, I know. I, I remember. Hear, I remember listening to a song and like crying because I thought it was so good. You know, almost right. crying. Me too. It's like, whoa. You know, and then, and but but then I I do contrast that, and I say I just say, look, there's there's creativity in the world, but it's still of the world. But there's there's terrestrial based creativity in the world and, and the middle kingdom, you know? And, and so I chalk it up to the middle kingdom and, and I say, you know, this is, this is unique. This is very creative. And, and, uh, it, it is a terrestrial way of, of saying it's inspirational, but anything in the, if it's not in the scriptures, it doesn't hold a candle to the, to the celestial kingdom, which is likened to the sun, where the other is likened to the moon. You know, the moon is yeah. right, and you can. I remember, I remember swimming all night long, three times, for like twelve hours, 
each time, all night long. And I was certainly happy the moon was out because I could see a little bit. But it doesn't even compare to when the sun's out. Right. Then you can see everything. And uh, yeah. so that's how I liken it. Hey, guys. Hey, well, I got to go. All right. Let's have a prayer. Okay. Is your, uh, everything okay? Your wife doing good? Yep. The baby is just sick right now. He's just got a cold. I'll say a prayer. I'll say a quick prayer. Awesome. Is that Thanks. right, Mark? You good with that? Yeah, great. Great. Hey, yeah. Uh, Carol Lee, I hope uh, you benefited tonight. We didn't hear much from you. Oh, it's very interesting. Oh, good. I'll say a quick prayer. Our Thank Heavenly you. Father, thank you. Our Heavenly Father, we pray that thou bless Mark and Carolee and Andrew. Bless his baby, bless his wife, and bless all of our family and loved ones. We pray that we benefited tonight and that we will take the things that we've talked about and learned and ponder them and read the scriptures and have no substitute for the scriptures to teach us thy way and to teach us the direction to the tree of life. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 God bless you guys. We'll catch you next week. Thanks. Hey, you too. Thanks. Thank you for all you do. Thanks. See you all. Bye. See you. Bye. 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 Bye.